And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. You see there, uh, those of you who are watching the video, one of our red telephones, this one is hanging on the wall there back there behind me. I think, uh, I think every entertainment company should have one of those uh, that's an emergency, emergency phone for when stuff hits the fan uh, and and it might actually <laughs> be doing that in a few places. Hello everybody, Jason Hutt here. I am the editor-in-chief uh, here at Sci-Fi For Me and we are live-ish uh, from the bunker. This is a pre-recorded edition. Well, the reason for that is because I am uh, in two places at once. I had a, I had a stagehand call so I'm pre-recording this, and for those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, it's pre-recorded anyway, so it's not going to be any different for you. Uh, but I do want to give a shout out to people that uh, are listening to us uh, in podcast form. I've uh, I've seen people in Brazil, uh, Germany, Russia, Poland. So good to have all of you with us, and of course, uh, any of you that want to listen to this as a podcast, you can on various different platforms. Uh, and uh, the live chat is is probably going. We're going. We're setting this up as a premiere, so there's a chat widget, uh, but I I'm probably not here to see them. So uh, anyway, you can leave a comment. You can always send us an email live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. I do read every comment. I do read every email. Not that I get a whole lot, but that's that's okay. I know y'all are busy. <laughs> anyway, all right, so I am, uh, don't want to hit that button again. All right, so I am uh, going to do a short one today. Uh, this is, uh, I'm spinning out of a video that Neon did over at Clownfish TV, and his is probably going to be much better, uh, but, uh, and, and better because he's actually got experience in the comics industry working as an artist, so uh, he's got a little bit more firsthand knowledge of this kind of thing. But over the over the last couple of days, I've noticed that uh, the media, the comics media, is actually starting to acknowledge that there's a problem in the comics industry. And it's taken a very long while. And I don't know if maybe... Uh, maybe it was uh, the the report, the sales report that came out uh, a while back, but and and now you're you know you're looking at you're looking at February when this happened, but over the last few weeks I've seen some hints, some different um, possible cracks in the wall. For all of those people who said, oh, no, the comics industry is great. Comics is great. Comics is great. Well, when when your best books are not selling any more than thirty or 40,000 copies, it's not great. 
It might be better than expected. It might be as good as it can get, but I wouldn't I wouldn't characterize it as great. But uh, we got some we got some news here of the last couple of days. This is a developing story, and as much as I hate, absolutely loathe to quote, uh, bleeding cool. This is this is where this uh, story first uh, showed up, at least as far as I know. Uh, Valiant apparently, uh, Valiant Entertainment apparently has gone dark. Uh, this is Rich Johnston. <coughs> Uh, posting on August the 4th, uh, which was going into the weekend. And uh, reading from this article, there is significant concern within the comic book industry tonight over the status of New York-based comic book publisher Valiant Entertainment. In recent weeks, there has been concern expressed regarding the timeliness of payments to freelance comic book creators, but that is sadly not a unique issue among some comic book publishers. Now, let me stop there for a second because over the last few weeks we have actually gotten a lot more online discussion, online back and forth social media uh, uh, chatter about the big two especially. But uh, some some uh, gripes and complaints and concerns of the fact that that, that Marvel and DC and you know but you can go to the other ones valiant and boom and, and idw aren't paying enough they're not paying what their what their talent is worth As a matter of fact we had an, we had one one situation where an artist uh, was paid to do a sketch and the the order was for a sketch the assignment was a sketch and we pay you for the sketch which I think was something like a hundred dollars. You know, this is Marvel. We're going to pay you for a sketch, a hundred bucks. I mean, come on. But that sketch ended up being used as a variant cover, and the artist didn't get a cover fee, apparently. Uh, and and so whether it was a miscommunication or or whatever, it it was you know if Marvel if Marvel commissions a sketch. And if they decide they're going to use it as a cover, then they need to get in charge, get in touch with the artist and say, hey, we're going to use this as a cover. Here's some more extra money. And apparently they didn't do that in this particular case. But now we have uh, the same sort of thing being reported here with regard to Valiant. Now, Valiant, for those of you who don't know, uh, this one was started, and it's in the article. Valiant started back in the '90s. Jim Shooter, who had been uh, who had been run out of uh, Marvel, uh, basically had built Marvel into the success juggernaut that it was. Uh, and because he came in and he said, "You know, this is a business, right? We're supposed to be making money, right?" And put some standards in place, and some practices, and some and some rules, and some uh, procedures. <clears throat> in order to treat Marvel Comics like a business instead of a uh, an artist collective commune where everybody's sitting around smoking dope and 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 drinking and and whatever, I'm not saying that, that Marvel was like that, but it was it it was loosey goosey at the time. There was there was very very there was less sense of responsibility among people. And Jim Shooter comes in and he says, all right, it's time to knuckle down and treat this thing like work. Uh, and, and he made Marvel a, a big success. 
So he goes off and he founds Valiant Entertainment. Valiant, uh, we've got uh, the the recent Bloodshot movie with uh, with Vin Diesel. That's a Valiant property, and there's a number of others that were supposed to be in development. And I don't know what, what, what the uh, what the fate of those is going to be. But continuing here from the uh, uh, thing uh, tonight, however, Bleeding Cool has been hearing of major editorial layoffs and resignations in the face of those layoffs across the country. <clears throat> now, this is August fourth, and I think this was what uh, this would have been Thursday night. So this is the same day as David Zaslav's call for Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, the the second quarter earnings call for Warner Brothers. This is where we found out that uh, David Zaslav feels an obligation to protect the DC brand. And of course, we've got the cancellation of of uh, Batgirl and uh, possibly Supergirl. And we've got you know earlier in the year we had the cancellation of batwoman the flash is coming up on its final year with season nine next year it's going to be a mid-season 13 you know shorter episode uh, run so it feels like things they are a changing and this one happens to this one happens to to cover valiant and on the same day that we're getting all of this stuff where dc is about to undergo a massive change in terms of the film and television department at least dc studios apparently going to get started and alan horn coming in and a 10-year plan and the reset that david zaslav talked about now we get this thing about valiant uh continuing from the article valiant entertainment publisher fred pierce's facebook status reads worked at valiant he worked at Valiant as director and vice president of manufacturing and operations from 1990 to 94, was chief operating officer and president at Wizard Entertainment from 94 to 2008, and Valiant publisher from 2011 to the present. Now, Wizard Entertainment is gone, too. Uh, Valiant Entertainment senior editor Lisa Hawkins, who joined Valiant in 2018 after working at both Marvel and DC, was promoted in 2020, has updated her Facebook status to read former senior editor at Valiant. Valiant Sales Communication Coordinator Cody White, who only joined in April this year, has updated his status to read former Sales Communication Coordinator. These are the only current employees we can find who have updated their public employment status. As it stands, now this is, this is, this is interesting here. As it stands, no one has responded to inquiries publicly, and while we haven't been able to speak to everyone, Bleeding Cool has, as of yet, been unable to identify anyone at Valiant who has not been laid off or not resigned. So, <clears throat> the grammar being what it is, basically he's saying, we can't find anybody that's still working at Valiant. They, they have either quit or have, have been let go. And... It's interesting because I thought comics were doing fine. I thought I thought comics were doing great. Isn't that what we've been getting told for the last four or five some odd years? Isn't that what John Jackson Miller has been telling us even even through all of the all of the reports over at Comicron that now include manga sales? Oh wait. And that goes back to this report here in ICV2 
from February where it talks about the revenue market share of manga in the United States is 70%. So 30% of American comic sales are comic books. Traditional, your, your traditional publishing comic books and graphic novels. So Batman, Superman, X-Men, uh, uh, Bloodshot, Punisher, Spider-Man, 30%. That's not doing fine to me when you're dominated by an art form that's been imported from Japan and they're doing gangbusters 70% of the revenue market share. That means that 70% of the money being made belongs to manga. And one of the characteristics of manga, one of the things I keep, t I keep seeing people talking about manga is the fact that manga has not fallen yet in the culture war. Manga is not woke. Manga is based. Manga just tells good stories. What, whatever, however you want to characterize it. Manga has not fallen to this need for ideological purity. And we're going to tell you what you need to think and how you need to feel about certain things rather than try to entertain you. Manga still has... I mean, I don't read manga, so I'm going second and third hand on this stuff. Okay, just let me let me let me have that clear and and in there in the front. But manga still has stories that entertain. Manga still has interesting characters. Manga even has girls that look like girls. If you know what I mean, curvy girls who look like girls. See, manga hasn't gotten into this uh, let me tell you about my feminist agenda type type of story. You know, or, or, or that, that story here that came out recently where uh, uh, Renee Montoya apparently has become commissioner of the Gotham City Police Department and she's, she's scolding the mayor uh, because uh, he's he's offering it to her because she's she's a uh, uh, lesbian Latinx. I'm I'm sorry, Latinx sounds like Kleenex to me. It's a made up word. The Latino community doesn't doesn't embrace it. It's it's a bunch of it's a bunch of white people wanting to come in and be the hero on the on the white horse. And they just look like idiots. I it just it it's just me. I it's it's just me. I'm sure. I I I'm positive that I have that wrong. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, anyway, so bleeding cool can't find anybody that's still working at Valiant, which is interesting because Valiant is one of those that had deals in place for television and movies they had they had this thing going with sony i mean we saw the bloodshot movie came out with vin diesel they had a couple of other things going on and i i okay i don't know now what's interesting in this this is this is something that i had not uh, noticed in 20 uh in 2015 valiant announced that they had partnered with sony pictures to produce five films based on both the bloodshot and 
and Harbinger comic books, the first of which was released. Uh, and, and in 2016, the Chinese investment firm DMG announced a nine-figure investment in the company and its properties. DMG then exercised an option to buy Valiant out entirely, led by L.A.-based executive Dan Mintz. Most former Valiant executives were shown the door and set up their own new comic book publisher together, Bad Idea Comics, using another a number of creators familiar to Valiant readers. Now, I may be remembering this wrong, but a few months ago, a couple of months ago, I want to say Bad Idea Comics went away. I, I may have that wrong because I, see, I distinctly remember in uh, Instagram, I think, where you had a bunch, a, a number of posts where they were basically, this is it, we're done. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at their Instagram, uh, uh, bad idea. I, I don't know if this is even the same company. I mean, you've got bad idea comics listed here in, in Bleeding Cool. This is bad ideas comics. It might be a different company. Maybe. I don't know. But see, it's that uncertainty. We don't even know who, who the players are anymore. Now, there's, an, there's a follow-up article that says, you know, this, this was posted on the 5th from Johnston, saying it appears the non-disclosure agreements are strong with Valiant Entertainment. Yesterday, we reported on major issues concerning Valiant Comics with multiple reports of layoffs and resignations that the publisher was unable to find anyone still working there aside from freelance creators. Some employees... Okay, so... Former CEO Dinesh Shamdasani, who was forced out by the current owner. So remember, the Chinese company comes in, they buy it outright, they kick everybody out of the C-suite, right? So Dinesh Shamdasani was one of those. Asked on Twitter, in response to this news, if he wanted to buy a comic book company on the cheap. Shamdasani replied, been on it all week. So apparently this has been in development for a while, and... Okay. Now, Shamdazani is is in charge of Bad Idea Comics. Would they would they merge those things together? Would it be a a couple of different imprints? Uh, who knows? What how how is this all going together? But remember, comic books are fine. Comic books are doing just fine. Um so fine. That they don't need their licenses for other properties. This is back in January. IDW loses the G.I. Joe, Transformers, and... and, uh, uh, Yeah, IDW, G.I. Joe and Transformers. And they're uh, they're not able to publish those stories anymore. IDW no longer has the rights to two of Hasbro's premier properties at the end of 2022. They're done. Uh, Hasbro uh, started to take it in-house, I think. Now, remember, too, IDW had a license to print some Marvel comics because Marvel was trying an experiment that they were going to farm everything out, and there's rumor that DC might do the same thing. 
under under Zaslav the Butcher's new new rule, right? And that's what they're calling him in the writers groups over on various different places, according to Matthew Bologna. Zaslav the Butcher. That that's a that's a that's a comic book waiting to happen. See, here's here's the problem. And this is not I haven't seen this discussed yet. And uh, well, Clownfish uh, Neon talked about it over there. What happened here? And Ethan's talked about it. Other 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 people you know doing YouTube videos and whatnot have been talking about this for for a long while. I haven't seen it recently with regard specifically to this. But the problem is that you've got all of these young bucks full of full of juice. They're saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna take over the comics industry. We're gonna do our thing. We're gonna tell our stories, and we're gonna make our pitches to Netflix." See, and comics became less about writing comic books and telling stories, and it became more about making the pitch for the TV show. Making the pitch for the Netflix adaptation, or so. we saw that with uh, with uh, Vagrant Queen. It got picked up by Sci-Fi, and it died on the vine. I mean, not even what five episodes. It was a disaster. But you've got so many people that are that are in the comic book industry who should not be in the comic book industry because they don't care about the comic industry. They want the TV deal. They want the movie deal. And this is partly this is partly on on the the publishers because they're chasing after the movie and TV deals too. I mean, everybody's got their own in-house television film division so they can develop their titles and develop their properties into stuff and then you know make their deals with Sony or Paramount or Universal or or whatnot and make movies based on their comic books. Oh. Hang on. I I had something I had something to pull that auto that auto load stuff. Ugh. Anyway, so you've got all of these all of these companies that are making these these comic books to make movies, to make TV shows. And say, hey, we want we want to be the next we want to be the next Marvel Cinematic Universe. We want to be the next billion dollar film. And that's not why you get into comics. That's not why Chris Claremont got into comics. It's not why Jim Shooter got into comics. It's not why uh, uh, Michael Golden got into comics. It's not it's not why Walt Simonson was in comics. Art T. Bear, Ethan Van Skyver. Jeff Johns, I mean, any, any of those guys. Jimmy Palmiotti, I mean, yeah, Palmiotti's got some stuff going with, you know, things like Painkiller Jane and whatnot. But you get into comics to 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 make comics, to write stories and, and draw pictures and, and entertain people with funny books, comic books. These were supposed to be throwaways. They're not supposed to be this lifelong... Uh, collectible industry investment thing and it turned into that back in the 90s but also in the 80s and 90s is when we got some of the best stories some not all there are some that came before and some that came after certainly 
But now everybody wants to chase that Hollywood money. Got sweet, sweet, sweet movie money. Well, you had this little thing called the pandemic. And the pandemic really reset a lot of different things. Now, if the, if the movie studios had been smart... And I've said this before on a number of occasions, on a number of shows, and I will say it again. I will continue to say it until somebody listens to me. What the movie studios should have done is set up for every movie, for every superhero movie that was in the theaters, there should have been comic books in the theater lobby. Hey, did you enjoy that Thor movie? Here are some Thor comics. By the way, you know Thor is part of the Avengers? Here's some Avengers comics. <coughs> but they didn't do that. Hey, here's Superman versus Batman. Here's The Dark Knight Returns. Go read these comics because this is what we're making the movies from is these comics over here. Avengers Secret Wars. Hey, did you know there was a comic book named Secret Wars? Here, read it. This is a no-brainer for me and I cannot for the life of me understand why the, the studios that are owned by the same company that owns the comic book publisher. You've got Warner Brother, Warner Media, AT&T at the time and now... You've got Warner Brothers Discovery. Who knows what they're going to do? By the way, David Zaslav, open invitation to join us on this show. But you've got Warner Brothers Discovery. You have the Walt Disney Company, which are now both run by people that Hollywood hates. You got David Zaslav at Warner Brothers Discovery. You got Bob Chapek at the Walt Disney Company, and Hollywood hates them both because they're making decisions ostensibly, at least from the outside looking in, they're making decisions that are geared toward profit and not toward identitarian politics like before. Because you look at the response to Batgirl getting 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 canceled. It's all about Latina representation and the directors of this and the LGBTQ that and the transgender this and that and the other. But was it a good story? According to the reports, the story played out like a bad CW pilot. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't recommend it. That doesn't make me interested in watching it. But the comic book publishers need to understand they are right now part of a dying industry, at least as far as traditional publishing goes. Because the indie market is doing fine. I mean, ISOM number one here from Eric July, the beginning of the Ripperverse is currently sitting at $3.3 million. It's gonna go it's gonna go three point five by the end of the end of the week, probably. This is just the beginning for Eric. And yes, it's a little bit of an outlier because it's so much money. But if you look at comics in Indiegogo, 
they're funding and they're making the money they're meeting their goals some of them have smaller goals some of them have bigger goals i mean here's elvira classics omnibus fifteen thousand dollars uh, Mighty Mascots issues seven, eight, and nine. This is going to be from Alterna. Two thousand, uh, th- almost three thousand dollars. They're fifty-eight percent of their goal. Uh, she. Uh, this is from Billy Tucci. Uh, Secura graphic novel. Uh, it's nine hundred and five percent of goal. They're at one hundred and fifty-one thousand dollars. There's money to be made in comic books. Thanos creator Jim Starlin's Dreadstar Omnibus four hundred and thirty-four percent over goal at 123,000 currently funding anti steam junk western issue number zero 449 percent over goal at $2,200 some of these are not very big goals but there's money to be made in independent comics and a lot of people recognize that so much so that we had all of that bit with all of these traditional publishing creators, uh, comic book people, going over to Substack. Oh, wait. What do you mean Substack is not doing well? This is Arkhaven Comics quoting, uh, quoting Bleeding Cool. The year one Substack's Comics Pro deals are coming to an end as was originally planned and the Substack Pro deals will switch from those large six-figure advance payments. <coughs> here, here, let us throw money at you so you come over here for us. <coughs> uh, against subscription royalties to no advances but with Substack taking 10% of subscription figures. This is how the deal was always promoted. So basically it was, we're going to give you money we're going to pay you in advance. It's kind of like how the traditional book book deals work. We're going to give you an advance. You're going to work on the stuff. We're going to sell subscriptions. And the money that comes in from the subscriptions will go toward that advance. It will basically pay off that advance. And then past that, you get you know the subscription money and we'll take 10% as our cut. From the article. However... There's that dreaded word. However, while year two creators, aside from Kelisud Connick and Matt Fraction, <clears throat> are soon to be named, I have been led to expect fewer numbers than before. Oh? Really? And both the amount of deals and size of deals has been significantly reduced. Oh? Really? You mean... There's not as much money that's going to be paid out this time? I wonder why that is. Substack, just like Netflix, Amazon, and other streaming services, is going through a numbers crunch in an increasingly divided competitive market that hasn't had a shakeout yet. Well, guess what, folks? I guess the shakeout's coming now. And I guess maybe Mr. Zaslav over there at Warner Brothers Discovery and, and the gang in, their, in the carpeted offices are looking at the numbers and saying, hey, you know what? Streaming might not be the bend-all, be-all thing that everybody wants it to be. Because you remember, Jason Kalar got raked over the coals when they announced that Warner Brothers was going to do all that day-and-date stuff. We're going to put it in the theaters and we're going to go streaming because streaming's the thing. Turns out, maybe not. And there were a lot of us way back when that were sitting there saying, you know, streaming's going to go the way of cable, right? You know, streaming's going to be like cable because it's going to end up with bundles 
and you got to pay for stuff that you're never going to watch, and then it's going to fall off, and something else is going to come in to replace it, just like streaming did with cable. And here it is. But you've got people that are not going to go on. But see, you had people that were going to Substack because now everybody's mad at Kickstarter for doing the doing the blockchain stuff. How dare they? We talked to Andy Belanger on uh, on Saturday on Good Morning Multiverse about his project, Mother Trucker, the Double Whammy. He's funded both books on Kickstarter. And he's had discussions with people and he's like, oh, no, I can't go to Kickstarter anymore. Kickstarter's got that blockchain stuff. Oh, you don't want to go to Indiegogo. Indiegogo's a comics game. <sighs> Andy's like, I don't care. I'll, I'll go, I'll go where, the, where I can get the money. And his audience finds it. I mean, he's, he's funded both books through Kickstarter. He's doing an Indiegogo campaign right now for the two books before book three comes out. And he's, he's basically just seeing what Indiegogo is going to do compared to his Kickstarter stuff. Maybe he picks up a few more backers. It, it doesn't matter to him. And he's got, he's, he's got the right attitude. He's sitting there saying, I'm a creator. I'm a business person. I have to put food on the table for my family. I have a product to sell. I'm going to go to various different places where I can sell my product. Whether it's Kickstarter or Indiegogo or Substack. But Substack looks like it's not doing the way it was supposed to do. Now, this is from Arkhaven Comics. The, the, guy, the guy who's writing this article. Let me see who's... Uh, I'm going to make sure I attribute this properly... This is the Dark Herald writing this, this portion here. Um, okay, so uh, reading from this, Substack was supposed to be the lifeboat for traditional comic book creators. They were going to step in the Substack time machine and go back to the age of permanent six-figure salaries for 36-hour work weeks, not including lunch and Twitter breaks to shriek its conservatives. It, it was always a lifeboat with a pretty big hole in it. Here's the important thing. Substack Comics' biggest failing, and there are so many to choose from, but its biggest was in the method of its delivery. It was going to be another Comicsology-type reader. The medium is the message, and this medium creates indecipherable cryptoglyphs. It's unbelievably annoying to try to read comics this way on a phone or a tablet. You keep having to tap at panels to get them to zoom or unzoom or flip to the next page. So, the the... The process of reading a comic book on Substack apparently looks like it's not user-friendly. And remember what Comixology has been going through because the Comixology basically doesn't exist anymore. It's it's you know because they got bought by Amazon, which is buying everything, and their book reader, Kindle reader, whatever thing that Amazon is, is what they're using now for, for Comixology readers and everybody's blowing a gasket because it's it's a crap interface. But Webtoons are here. Webcomics if you go over to see web, Webtoons, uh, there's this new one there's new one out there called Zoop. I haven't, I haven't looked at that one but you've got various different places where you can watch you can read comics online and they're oriented differently. 
It's not page to page to page. It's scroll down and you read the story. Just scroll from top to bottom. That's that's picking up. We interviewed uh, 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 Mongrel Marie. I mean, we we the creator of of Let's Play, and she's got a development deal for that thing to turn into, I believe, a TV series. The production companies are looking at webtoons just as just as much as they're looking anywhere else, but comics are doing fine. Comics are doing fine. When your best book is thirty or forty thousand, that's not fine. When your entire slate of new titles, DC is all Batman stuff, things are not fine. Because you're depending on one character to carry the company. And as we've seen in social media, a lot of people are sitting there going, man, another Batman book? Have you got any other characters besides Batman? Don't you have any more books besides Batman? Can't you do anything besides Batman? And this is what we found with the sequel to Man of Steel. Man of Steel was so dark and grim. And it didn't perform as well as Warner Brothers expected it to. So we've got to, we've got to come up with an idea. We need, a, we need an idea. Hey, I got it. Now with more Batman. So then you end up with Batman v Superman, which lifts the, the whole conflict between Batman and Superman from The Dark Knight Returns, which takes place some 30 or 40 years into their friendship. They didn't earn that in the movies. It's part of the problem. You got the people that are making the movies don't understand the comic book properties. Same kind of problem you get with Star Trek. Or Star Wars. The people who are making this stuff don't understand it. They don't understand the fundamentals of it. They don't understand the basics of it. They haven't parsed the DNA of what makes it work. What makes it popular with readers. What makes it resonate with the audience. And... If this trend continues, those comic books are going away. Neon was talking about he's been hearing some rumors that DC might get out of, of uh, monthly issues altogether. So what? Trade publications is all they're going to do? Uh, graphic novels? The floppies will disappear and be gone and, and won't be published anymore? Okay, you want to kill the remaining some 1,500 comic book shops. That's a good way to do it. I mean, pandemic and lockdown is just the, just the beginning, right? Let's kill the entire industry. I mean, it's, it's not enough to be in a recession. It's not enough for the Congress to start debating whether or not we're going to raise everybody's taxes... In the middle of a recession, which is a moronic, idiotic, stupid, dangerous idea. But the people are in charge. And they want to destroy the country. There's a bigger thing going on there. That's not something we're going to talk about here.
but you have an industry that is on life support and they don't know what to do with it and it's not all Heather Antos's fault either I mean Heather Antos has bounced from one comic book publisher to another and and destruction in her wake I mean Marvel ID you know, she's at IDW right now but she was at Valiant before that why do you keep hiring Heather Antos? Quit hiring Heather Antos. Hire Jim Shooter. Somebody bring Jim Shooter back. Warner Brothers, hey, David Zaslav, I got a suggestion for you. Besides bringing in Alan Horn, call Jeanette Kahn. I, I think she's still alive. Call Paul Levitz. Call the people that actually made DC Comics what it became. I mean, Chris Claremont is 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 out at C2E2 comparing modern day era Marvel to 60s and 70s DC Comics. And everybody that's heard that and everybody that knows anything about comics history in general says that's not a compliment. And you've got Claremont sitting there saying, I'm working for people who weren't even born when I was fired the second time. You have children in charge of this stuff who have absolutely no understanding and no appreciation at all whatsoever of the history of the industry they're in. And they're not even in it for the comics. They're in it as a stepping stone to go to Hollywood. Your editorial staff has their priorities on backwards. You need a staff that understands comics, comic books, graphic novels, visual, illustrated, sequential stories that entertain rather than preach. And I agree with Perch. You want to put you want to you want to get some really good books. You put some money into it. And I'm with him. That doesn't mean pay the talent now what they're worth. I mean, you probably are, considering some of the stories that have been coming out. But put some money into it so you can attract better talent. But they're not going to do it. They're not. They're, they're just not. We'll see what happens. I don't know. It's just going to be one of those things. It just, it's just going to sit there and it's going to get worse before it gets better, folks. It just is. It just, it's just going to get worse before it gets better. I have no idea what the bottom looks like. It is a race to the bottom, feels like. But, uh, but yeah going to get worse before it gets better but not here here it's getting well not getting better but we're at least maintaining i guess i don't know this is a reminder that we do have a tv.2 channel set up so go subscribe over there we're sitting at 13 <laughs> 13 subscribers <laughs> y'all love us you really do like us uh yeah thir uh, 13 subscribers let's get over the tv.2 this this channel could go away this this could disappear in a month i don't know we're, we're it, this is a test to see what happens with it 
I don't know what I'm going to do with this thing. This is the, this is the fallback standby kind of thing. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, there's that. And then of course we've got all of the different social media channels where you can connect with us. Do connect with us on Odyssey as well, because, uh, we need to get our numbers up over on Odyssey. Eventually one of these days, maybe we won't even be on YouTube because they might kick us off. Who knows? And a programming note, we are going to have a Ranker Pit discussion this week, but it will be Thursday, not Tuesday. The reason for that is on Wednesday, we've got the Walt Disney Company financial report call. So we're going to see what what, uh, what information we can glean from that, and we'll be talking about that on Thursday night uh, special time for uh, for Ranker Pit. Still at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, but it'll be on Thursday, not Tuesday. So uh, so make sure uh, that you uh, that you uh, make a note there. And also uh, coming up on Wednesday. I don't know for those of you who di- who saw our report on Saturday morning on uh, Good Morning Multiverse up in Indiana. There is a guy. His name is Mark Rakeup. He owns Fiberglass Freaks. They are the only officially licensed company that builds Batmobiles. Batman 66 Batmobiles, to be precise. And he's got nine of them that he's working on right now. And his company in Indiana was raided by sheriff's deputies from San Mateo, California. And we reported on that on Saturday. We told the story. He's going to be our guest on Wednesday. We're going to talk about exactly what's going on. He's got some rich real estate developer client who missed a payment. So his car got stuck to the back of the line. And he didn't take too well to that. And so he called his buddy, the sheriff. Gets interesting from there. So uh, so that'll be our discussion on Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern. It will be live. Uh, not, not like this one. Uh, not like this episode has been. All right, that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks very much for being here. Remember, well, always ask yourself, is it live or is it Memorex? And there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.